Yo, welcome back to the Return to Play podcast. I'm your host, Steve Navarra, and with me, as always, Mr. Danny, and not with us as usual, Big Jim. But Jim has been crushing it on our TikTok. That's at Return to Play Pod. Same handle as our Twitter. Go check out our TikTok, though. Got some funny memes up there. Jimmy's been meme god lately on the TikTok memes. And we're going to be posting, hopefully, some archives of our, our challenges we've never <laughs> released. And... Look for maybe some show highlights. Send us some suggestions. If you listen to the show, send us a message. What would you like to see us do on TikTok that's stupid or funny? Or would you like to hear some hot takes with uh, in, in like a highlight fashion? Let us know at Return to Play Pod or in the comments on our TikTok. TikTok and Twitter. I think we're going to stick with the, just those two. I think we maybe can build build those two up. So... Follow us and share, please. All right, let's get into football talk. And I'm going to start by calling you out. You're being too mean to Kenny Pickett on Twitter, Danny. Uh, he doesn't deserve them as much flack as you're giving him. He's a rookie. He's playing. He's playing fair for rookie expectations. He's throwing some nice balls, and then he's making stupid decisions. But his his release, his mechanics, all of that looks like it should be. He's NFL ready. He's just not there yet to be a winning quarterback, but that potential is certainly there. What say you? That's that's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. It's nothing it's nothing I'm not mad at Kenny Pickett. It's nothing personal with Kenny Pickett. It's I'm mad at the Steelers. They, I mean, it's it's the same reason that we'll get to it later in the show, but it's the same reason that the Colts are, have benched uh, Matt Ryan at this point. They they know they're moving on. They don't want to pay him next year, so they're minimizing that the, the the amount that they owe him. But if you if you I mean, Kenny Pickett fucking stinks. Like it's not his fault. We drafted a fucking quarterback with a third round grade. We drafted the fourth best quarterback in the class. We could have got him in the third round. We could have got any of the other quarterbacks in the in the second or third round. So it's just stupid. He's just, he's, you know, he just stinks. He's the lowest rated quarterback in the league. The, the, he can't throw downfield. The thing, dude, the thing that was driving me crazy and, and at no point did they make an adjustment, every single play, every single play, Miami was timing the snap. They did not switch up the cadence one bit. Right before the play, they would send in a, a heavy blitz, just stuff the box, just begging Kenny Pickett to throw it downfield. And he could not. And, I mean, does can he make some throws? Yeah, he's made some good throws. The touchdown was a was a was a great show, great throw, back shoulder throw. Um, but the but you know the the constant check down, the constant two yard pass, three yard pass, screen pass. It's just uh, you know the week the week when uh, Kenny got hurt and Mitch came in and saved the day. You know he had sixty seven yards on eighteen passing attempts. That's this three yards a pass. You know last week he had uh, two hundred fifty yards, I think on on 32 completions and that's uh you know and, and a lot of that was in in scrub time too i mean look at the look at the second half our fucking the defense played phenomenal in the second half they completely shut down miami completely adjusted uh, i think i think uh flores probably has a good uh contribution to this to um you know the defense kind of turning itself around a little bit um and you know they they look terrible early the you know gave up the 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 first the touchdown on the on the opening drive. Did Miami just drove right down the field, did whatever they want, had their way with us, and then after that, you know they got field goals when we gave them field position, and and other than that, they didn't score for the rest of the game. So no points second, in the second half either second team. Half, either team, yeah. And but when you look at when you look at our our, uh, our our we went three and out. We got a first down on the first play, then then three and out from there, three and out. We got one first down and punted, and then three and out. That was our first five drives of the second half. Like you can't move the ball throwing throwing two yard passes, and and taking checkdowns every single time. And then the last two drives, obviously, he had the two bad interceptions. Which 
I mean, it's not Kenny Pickett's fault. Like, again, I'm not mad at Kenny Pickett. He just is not ready, and we're just doing him a disservice. And if you don't want to pay Mitch Trubisky, at least, why did you keep Mason? You kept Mason Rudolph for this situation. Like, there's no way that Kenny Pickett gives you a better chance to win games than Mason Rudolph at this point. Mason Rudolph's looked much, much better as a starter. He's won games. He has a winning record as a, as a starter, and he doesn't, you know, he hasn't come out there and thrown – seven picks in the equivalent of three games so i mean it's just it's just well, you, why why are you holding on to mason rudolph at this point like oh, i think they tried to get rid of him no i mean no they're, they're still talking about teams being interested they they kept they kept mason rudolph because they like what they had in him or whatever and you know and mason rudolph is he's a fantastic backup he's but he's the same it's the same situation he's not a guy you're going to build around but he's a great number two but <laughs> he they, is they, the number two if if mitch trubisky wants to i mean if he play, if he plays if they play him they're gonna have to pay him like 10 million more dollars next year because he's gonna hit his incentives just based on the amount of time that he's playing and then and the stats that he'll inevitably put up so fine if you're moving on from mitch trubisky trade him right now or or you know we're just well, doing a disservice to kenny Pickett. it's like it's the same thing with with uh with with Fryermuth, it's like he's got three concussions. Why is he out there in freaking slop time against Buffalo getting freaking smacked? Like, like Kenny Pickett already has a concussion, and he's he, he's just gonna keep getting killed. He's gonna keep getting making bad mistakes. Is you know we're we're playing like the Browns. Like we're gonna we're gonna run through. You know we're, we're doing to Kenny Pickett what the Browns did to Tim Couch and what the Texans did to David Carr, and it's just not a it's not a successful formula ever. I mean, look at look at Mahomes. Mahomes didn't play at all his rookie year. Comes in and, and wins an MVP. And, well, and obviously he's an outlier. You know, I mean, I mean, he's certain. I mean, I don't think I, don't I know. Mind. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I my stance is is the Steelers are seeing what they have in Kenny Pickett, and they want the biggest sample size they can get. And where where we agree is they they gave Mitch too short of a leash. But Mitch also wasn't scoring touchdowns. You know, Mitch wasn't scoring more than two touchdowns a game either. But the real problem is more so the scheme, Matt Canada, and you nailed it. He cannot make in-game adjustments because sure. the opening the opening scripts every week are at least get us down the field in the field goal range. Um you know, one of the first one or two drives, we can move the ball. And then after that, the defense makes an adjustment. We don't make any adjustments. We're still throwing the ball to fucking Zach Gentry five yards behind the line of scrimmage in the second quarter when the entire defense is already playing within the, the – all 11 guys are within 15 yards of the line of scrimmage because all we do is pass the ball – within five yards of the line of scrimmage. And what do we do? Let's trick them by throwing to our tight end who should be blocking for us on a run play. Let's send him five yards behind the line of scrimmage and throw him the ball with two scrawny wide receivers in front of him to block. That was the stupidest play I've ever seen in a football game, I think. That wasn't like meant to be a gadget play or trick play. That was like a designed tight end screen that started five yards behind the line of scrimmage. It was atrocious, uh, and the man needs Matt Canada needs to be fired on the bye week. Uh, if we're going to get rid of Mitch that quick, then get rid of this clown this quick because there is no world in which he should be the coordinator next next fall, next no, summer. No chance. I did. I did compile some stats. Well, another thing. I mean, we're, we're eight minutes in, by the way. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's the same shit that with with Randy Feekner. I mean, Randy Feekner wasn't the problem. He was a fantastic coach for for forever. And then all you know, what I mean, it's just it's it's deeper than just the offensive coordinator. It doesn't matter how many times we change the offensive coordinator, we still have we. It's the same issues that have plagued us for a decade. And you know, we still have the most undisciplined team. I mean, it's just it's not Steeler football at this point. It hasn't been for a while. But I did I did compile here. So so not. I mean, and obviously. Mitch didn't look fantastic. He looked how he looked his whole career. He flashed brilliance next to like you know head scratching badness. So, but at least Mitch, at least Mitch showed the. I and I still think like Kenny Pickett's twenty four years old. Like it's not like he's like some nineteen year old like raw kid. Like no, he was a four year starter. He got the he got the the COVID year, 
and you know he was he was an average quarterback in college for a long time until Jordan Addison, the the Bolitnikov winner, comes along, and then Kenny Pickett has one one great year. Um, and that, and again, it's not a knock to Kenny Pickett. I just I just don't think he has the the you know the elite skill set to be a great quarterback. And you know, so it's not it's not like he's a a Trevor Lawrence or a, or a, you know a, a young Lamar Jackson where they're just very talented guys that that still had a lot of room to develop. Like he's much older than your than your typical rookie quarterback and you know so he's kind of in in his prime as is Trubisky and there's a reason Trubisky was the number two pick like I still think Trubisky has much higher of a ceiling like if someone is able to kind of tap into that potential and get him to to play consistently but with Trubisky in the game Pittsburgh was averaging 1.5 points per drive which don't get me wrong isn't like fantastic they still stunk but with kenny they're averaging 1.18 points per drive so that's a 30 percent difference they're scoring 30 percent more points when mitch is in the game kenny pickett they are they are averaging they are three and outing or or having a turnover without a first down so like i counted i counted if you throw a pick on like the second pass as a as a three and out because you still technically went three and out even though you didn't get to the punt so like with kenny pickett they are three and outing or turning it over prior to a first down 14% more often. So like so even like even objectively every single like passing metric points to Trubisky like even the offense as a whole like is just not moving the ball with Kenny Pickett. They're turning it over way more. That you know they're getting off the field even qu- even quicker than they already were. So like the defense is just going to continue to break down more. Like there is just no no argument that anybody can make at this point that Kenny Pickett gives you a better chance. Like so, okay. You don't want to pay Trubisky, then then what what the, what the fuck is Mason Rudolph on the team at this point for? Like like you saved Mason Rudolph for this situation because you like what you have in him. You you love him as a backup quarterback. So why the fuck are you not playing him when when Kenny Pickett's out here getting smoked and looks terrible? Like there's one quarterback in the league. Like Baker Mayfield's the biggest Kenny Pickett fan right now. Because you know why? Because there's one quarterback in the league with a with lower rating than Baker Mayfield, and it's fucking Kenny Pickett. And and I mean, and then what's what's gonna and and now we're gonna throw him out of here against the Eagles, the best team in the league, a, a fantastic defense. Like what what are we teaching him? You know, it's like it's like taking like a JV kid and like just making him like scrimmage like the starting varsity, and he just turns it over every possession. Like what is what is he gonna learn? Like he's just getting beat up and gonna lose his confidence. So I I don't know. I just it's stupid. It's it's dumb. And I just hope we I I wish we didn't. I I'm I just. We could have got Kenny Pickett in the third round, bro. What are we at? Twenty minutes already? Just me. We're at two, we are twelve. Twelve minutes the, in. I knew this Steelers, was going to happen. The Steelers' state of the union is poor, and it's and it's and the Eagles. We have not won in Philadelphia. I just saw today either uh, either nineteen sixty seven or nineteen sixty two. One of those. One of those. It's, it's been like fifty years. Yeah, we're and it's not going to happen this Sunday. Yeah, and obviously they play in the NFC, so we play them once every four years, and you you know you rotate home and away. So it's not like it's been forty games we've played, but we still haven't won there in a long time, and it's and it's not going to change on Sunday. Uh, I like the ten and a half though for the Steelers. Probably going to be a Twitter pick at Return to Play Pod. We're hot with the college and NFL Twitter picks. Uh, winning, winning on those after two two weeks of Twitter picks. We'll try to keep that going for you guys. Uh, let's see. Also, a couple quick ones. Uh, the over Cardinals and Vikings. We'll get right into the injury lineup. We'll tell you why uh, that line's going to shoot up. I think over fifty points by by the weekend. So lock in the over forty five for Vikings Cardinals. So let's jump into it. Uh, quarterback. Let's just go down the line here. Quarterback. Uh, we already covered Kenny Pickett on our docket. So Russell Wilson, he is riding on the airplane. It's apparently his private jet that the rest of the Denver Broncos are just accompanying him on, uh, doing high knees and stretching in the aisleways of the plane. Um, but he said everyone was knocked out. So, I mean, I guess if he didn't wake anybody up, then, uh, you know, when you say high knees, I think like high impact thumping on the ground. But he could have just been doing the the slow, you know, dynamic stretching type of high knees, like pulling one up at a time. So 
maybe some more detail needed there. But either way, Russell Wilson doesn't seem like uh, that's a move you make to gain the affection of your teammates. What do you got on Russ? Yeah, he's he's the ultimate corn dog. Um, I don't like him in fantasy. It's you're, we're we have enough of a sample size to know that the Broncos offense just stinks. So drop Russell Wilson, or I mean maybe hang on to him if if he's your backup. But don't can, keep starting Russell Wilson. Like there's better options out there. I do. While we're still on quarterbacks, I did have one more Kenny Pickett stat I want to throw out there. Four of eleven with three picks on balls thrown twelve yards or more downfield was his was his stat line. So he was. He was 28 of 31 underneath, um, which obviously looks great on paper. But if you're not moving the ball downfield, I mean, if you're not throwing the ball downfield at all at any point, you can't move the ball. And that's why they weren't getting first downs and just going three and out the entire second half. And we will move on, and I will not talk about Kenny Pickett for the next 40 minutes. What we got? What we got for running backs? Running back, Chuba Hubbard for the Panthers came on real quick. After the surprise trade, so looked pretty good, but uh, the Bucks' run defense has actually been quite poor this this year. So small sample size of one game. Anyway, Chuba Hubbard did not practice due to uh, rolled ankle during the game. So definitely sounds like a sprain, and I highly doubt he plays this week. So big old bump, big old boost to Deontay Foreman who I think is a uh, cash line play this week. I think he definitely is worth his low expenditure. And then uh, and then Brees Hall tore his ACL out for the year and his meniscus. That really sucks. What sucks also is I dropped Michael Carter last week in our league to make room for I don't even know who. But, uh, yeah, so that felt great. What, what do you got on the running backs? I disagree with Hubbard. I read, I saw that they uh, they said that basically it was minor, and if if the game was in question, I mean they were just smacking the Buccaneers. So they said if uh, if you know if the game was closer, that he he could have continued to go. So I think um, I, I I think he'll be active. Um, you know he looked great, averaged seven yards of carry, had the touchdown. Problem is, like Steve was saying, Deontay Foreman also looked great. And, and once Hubbard was out, Foreman continued to just plow through the defense. So probably a split backfield. Both those guys, I think, would be solid flex plays. Like if you, you know, high risk but high reward. But I, I, I think it'll be a split backfield. Neither one of them, you know, necessarily a RB1 or RB2 status. Brees Hall stinks. Um, I was huge on this guy. I said he was my offensive rookie of the year pick. I said he was going to slowly, I was just completely right. I said, you know, I, I said he was up there with these, you know, the, the four nets and the Zeeks and the, and the Saquons that came out and got drafted real high. I said, Brees Hall is as, as talented as all of them. One of my favorite players to watch in college was just balling out, you know, averaging 5.8 yards of carry, just having a, having a fantastic season. So tough to see ACL. They said minor meniscus damage. Um, he's young with, you know, this is his first major injury. So I expect him to probably be ready for, I, I tweeted it out on the account when it, when it first happened, but I said that he'll be close to that eight month mark recovery probably, which would put him back for training camp. But obviously there's always a risk that, that it can take longer and, you know, linger into the season a la, uh, JK Dobbins kind of thing. So, so tough. You know, if you got him as a keeper or something like that, that'll be something to factor in. But I think he'll probably be ready to go next year. Yeah, moving on to wide receiver DK Metcalf. They're, they're kind of back and forth on whether or not he's going to play this week or miss multiple weeks. They've thrown out both of those reports at us. So I would expect him to miss this week if it's this much of uh, an issue and un unsureness. I would say they they probably leave him out this week. Goodwin, Marquise Goodwin, he should be the replacement and and get some touches this Sunday for DK. But I think DK comes back, you know, within three weeks. So if he's out this week, next week's definitely in play. We'll keep an eye on it for you. Pretty cut and dry. Uh, you want to move on? Yeah, we can move on. Um, Mike Williams, typical high ankle sprain. I, I tweeted it out immediately as it happened, and that's what the diagnosis came back. So probably 
you know, going to miss a few weeks. Luckily, they're on a bye this week. Um, but, you know, it'll probably be like a three to four week recovery. So he'll miss a couple games, uh, you know, as as they come back from the bye. So tough. I got him in my in one of my leagues and I don't. My, I am depleted at receiver in that league. So I'm, I'm Chase Claypool's my, my wide receiver two right now, which is obviously very boomer bust, but most likely bust. And then I don't even have a, a, a flex wide receiver option. So, and the, the free agent pool is very scarce. So not looking good. I need you back, Mike. Yeah, I have him as well. And I'd like to shout out, I had a 3-0 and week in my fantasy leagues. So don't know how many more times that's going to happen this year. So congratulations to me. Our, our league that we're in, David Njoku is just starting to heat up for me. And he rolls his ankle, ankle sprain. He is listed as week to week, but I expect him to miss two to four weeks. Kind of similar to Mike Williams, high ankle sprain. Uh, that's what I, I think it is after watching the replay. So look for both of those guys to be on a, a similar time frame. Hopefully Njoku can uh, pick it back up sooner rather than later, although I did drop him. I concur. Yeah, high ankle sprain, same, same. Just copy and paste what I said from Mike Williams. Other other injury news, um, an O lineman, Nick Gates from the from the New York Giants. Not a not a huge name, but if you if anybody recalls week two last year had his leg mangled, uh tibia fibula compound fracture, you know, had the had the foot pointed the wrong way, um, underwent seven surgeries, you know, I didn't I didn't even know he was still technically like on the team. I just assumed he was like done and then boom, added to the active roster this week. So, uh big congrats to Nick Gates about, you know, little, just over a year 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 in a couple months recovery. So that's pretty pretty phenomenal. Um in which will uh the Lions Lions, jeez. The Giants uh 6 and 1. So very surprisingly getting getting a little boost up front too. So Big big news for them there. Let's move into heating pad, ice pack. Sam Ellinger named the starter for the rest of the season for the Indianapolis Colts. I'm not sure how, how well he's going to do off the bat. He got scooped up in every league I'm in right away. I think that's it is worth having him on your bench if he is still available in your league. I think he is worth... A couple plays here uh, this week for fantasy uh, DFS, but I wouldn't have any high expectations for him, you know. But the first game in that that like initial quarterback bump, I think I think the first game back quarterbacks or first game midseason like this uh, quarterbacks seem to play play a good enough game and have it together and then you see kind of like a dip in their stock and then from that low point they either they either rise or fizzle out so i think uh if you're gonna get on the sam ellinger train get on it this week home against the commanders so commanders a a pretty middle of the pack defense Uh, i think they're starting to get better as a team defense but not not a shit kicker at all so i think you know he's got a real chance to have a you know a 20 point week here in fantasy yeah i agree i'm gonna piggyback off that a little bit um i i love the play this week i have i picked him up in uh a league where i have my homes on a bye i love it love sam ellinger one of my favorite players to watch in college um the dude that just the, the kind of teammate you want like plays his plays his ass off powerful runner um, so I think kind of like Steve said, you know, there's no no film on him, no film on the kind of offense that the Colts are going to going to run with him in there. So, you know, the first couple weeks, maybe he'll probably be better off and then and then kind of dip a little bit once teams kind of get a read on what the Colts are doing with him. But I think worst case scenario, he's going to at least get you some rushing yards, too. Um, I, I like I like the Sam Ellinger play. I think he'll be a good DFS play. And it's, you know, with uh, with the healthy backfield. Jonathan Taylor, I think, I don't, I think it's, I think it's a good play. It's not like they're just going to be a terrible offense. They're playing the Commanders, who stink too. So he's got a shot. Um, I do, I do want a fun stat for you. Matt Ryan this year, obviously three, three and one as a starter. 
I don't know if this is this has ever been done before, but he actually has he has credit for four uh fourth quarter comebacks because technically I don't know the rules of the, of the stat category for leading the he you know obviously trailing in the fourth quarter led the comeback to force overtime against Houston where they ultimately tied so he gets credited for a fourth quarter comeback even though it wasn't a win so Matt Ryan more fourth quarter comebacks than wins as a as a starter this year which is a, probably will never be done again <laughs> as a as a starter like obviously you can come on in the second half and get credit for a fourth quarter comeback without getting the win but he started all those games and has more comebacks than wins which is interesting trivia fact for 20 years from now Derek Carr next on the list uh they're playing someone bad who are they playing Lions. they're at the Saints yeah I'm a heating pad for for Derek Carr if he's if he's active I think the the um Raiders kind of had the slow start obviously but that was more more due to a very tough schedule and they're kind of picking things up now so like them to get the big dub, and I think he's gonna keep hitting it off more and more with Devonte. What heating pad for me? What say you, Steve? You must not have read the article that Alvin Kamara gave a team speech saying we need to get our swag back. The Saints might be getting their swag back this week and going up against a questionable. He's not questionable. He's gonna play Derek Carr, but back back uh, spasms, back strain. Definitely not a good thing to have when you're trying to be an accurate passer and and usually getting sacked hurts the back. Uh, you, you take a steep hyperextension typically when you get crushed by a defensive lineman. That's a tough, tough call. I think, uh, I think Derek Carr is going to have a very average week. I would not play him in DFS unless you're going to do, do a couple stacks with him um maybe one or two tournament stacks with him uh not not my favorite play this week he is on one of my fantasy teams so uh which is easy to say because two of them are super flex so i have like six quarterbacks eight quarterbacks but Derek Carr is one of my starters so hopefully he does have a good week i don't think he's gonna have a, a shit kicking week though moving on to james robinson in the running back category traded to the jets to replace Brees hall and help michael carter split some carries the the jets obviously thinking that they're they're making a push you know a deep run push here to get in uh to the playoffs and and beyond making a trade for running back. Typically, you don't see that because running back shelf life, yada, yada. But I think this is a good spot for James Robinson, who can be, you know, uh, 30 to 40% of the carries. Give Michael Carter the bulk of the carries. James Robinson can get you a few tough yards uh, when you need it. What do you think about that? I love the trade for the Jets. I love the trade for James Robinson. I'm an ice pack this week. I think they'll kind of ease him into it. Um, obviously, you got to oh, yeah, learn, they- learn the playbook a little bit. So I, I'm staying. I have James Robinson in a few leagues, and he's benched in all of them for this week. But for the rest of the year, I love it. This is a kid on a on a, his final year of an undrafted rookie contract, so he's not even making a million dollars, I don't think. like Very low for a, a running back who's – physical and getting beat up and not going to have a very long lifespan just being a running back so he's you know he's hungry obviously he's he's hungry for you know he's gonna get signed somewhere next year and probably to a decent contract and also probably a little bit bitter because he came in and you know for his first two and a half years here he's he's looked every bit of you know being a running back one and you know they draft a first rounder in etn who obviously in his own right is a fantastic player but but uh, kind of a slap in the face to Robinson, and then ultimately they they deal him away. So I love him. Chip on his shoulder as an undrafted guy, and chip on the other shoulder now as the guy who was who was replaced. So he's gonna be hungry. He's in a in a better situation. Went from two and five to five and two. Um, you know, Brees Hall was putting up numbers, so I think James Robinson kind of continues that. So I love it for James Robinson. Down the road though, ice pack this week. Yeah, I have him. I have eighteen percent. James Robinson on best ball in best ball. So that's definitely good for my, my news. I have Michael Carter 13%. So 
Now I got uh, both of them. But more importantly, let me read you people I have in over 20% of my lineups. Dante Foreman and Gus Edwards, Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, Damian Harris. Uh, I think I'm good at drafting running backs. But I also have Marlon Mack up there. <laughs> but, hey, I, I think I have a – for the, those being my top – uh, 10 running backs I drafted preseason. Um, obviously, three, four of those names were not even close to being considered a starting running back on their prospective teams. And now I've I've basically got seven, eight RB1s on my in my draft. So again, when we when I'm talking about some of this stuff, you know, I, I do know some things. I do make some good plays. Uh, can I put it all together and actually win myself money? No, but I have, I think most of my takes on this, on these guys are pretty accurate, pretty, pretty fair. So like, subscribe, listen, share, share the Twitter, share the TikTok at return to play pod, pumping it hard for all six of you out there. Share, 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 share. I don't know. Oh, we're on James Conner now. James Conner might be coming back. Limited at practice for the second week in a row. Sure seems like he's going to come back playing at the Vikings. Maybe not get a full full responsibilities that he's used to, but I think he definitely mixes in. If he's going to play Sunday, I think he gets about 50% of the snaps minimum. And maybe at the most, I don't know. What do you think? Seventy percent. Yeah, he, you know Benjamin's looked good in relief, so you know they're. I mean, Connor's definitely going to play this week. I think he would have been back last week if they they played on Thursday night. So he had those extra few days of rest. I think he would have been back, but long week of rest. He'll be back, but it'll be a a split backfield. I think probably closer to that that fifty fifty, which is as we've said before, where where Connor thrives on on his uh you know when he can stay a little bit more fresh so uh you know if he if you have him in your fantasy leagues obviously play him he's gonna be worth it um but dfs he's probably not gonna be worth the price tag i'm keeping him on my bench this week in uh both leagues i have him in let's move on to wide receiver the green bay wide receivers who are in in uh rumored talks for chase claypool would be uh neat I think if they traded him, but I would want uh, maybe a second and a third for Chase. I know we're not going to get that, but I think with his his upside potential, that's what I would want for him. Uh, but let's talk about the Green Bay receivers. They're banged up. Christian Watson limited at practice with a hamstring. Tough to say with the soft tissue injury, how players actually doing and responding to uh, full high impact running, sprinting, cutting, jumping, uh, and it could feel fine, and then it could it could just pop again on you. So hamstrings is kind of one of the more scary things to me. So I'll be staying away from Christian Watson, and I'll also be staying away from Alan Lazard. Did not practice today, Wednesday, but not being ruled out for the game uh, game time decision. Says Matt Lefior. What do you got on the Green Bay receivers? I like Tanya, and I think Tanya's about to be Rogers, uh, you know, go-to guy. I am pretty much just an ice, but regardless of the injury statuses, I, 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 I can't trust a, a single Packers receiver right now. I don't know what's, what's going they, on <laughs> in Green Bay. So I mean, I wouldn't. They're not running the football. If you need, if you need a flex play, you know, maybe take a chance on on one of these guys, but um, I wouldn't. Correct. Uh, tight end, not not much to speak of. Mark Andrews has a hurt knee. He's very limited at practice, but he, he I think he's just going to be limited at practice the rest of the year. Play on Sundays, probably be just fine. But obviously it's a Thursday night game for the Ravens. If Mark Andrews is in, I would definitely want him in uh dfs and so i i do think the ravens are the chalk play thursday night here i i love the ravens i think the ravens in prime time right now are you know very similar all these afc north teams they put it on in the prime time spot uh minus the browns 
Well, actually, I shouldn't say that. The Browns beat our ass primetime playoffs and then uh, beat us Thursday night this year. So I digress. Mark Andrews. I mean, Mark Andrews is always a heating pad. I don't, I don't, regardless of what's going on. But I, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I can't say that I ever want the Ravens to win a football game, but I think they probably, probably pull this off. Tampa Bay looks. Ta- what, what is going on with Tampa Bay? That well, is- my uh, Mike Lombardi, uh, GM, GM shuffle there. Listening to him in the car today, and the the play calling is what he equates it to. The play calling is not good, and then they don't. They got Julio Jones. That's not who Tom Brady needed. Tom Brady needs a go-to tight end, a big-body tight end that is more reliable. And then it, it is unfortunate Cam Brink got hurt, and and then Evans and Godwin are are good receivers, but they don't have that. Small guy, they can hide underneath. Yeah. And oh yeah, they need the they need the, slot. Tom Brady needs his his five foot nine, hundred eighty pound white guy slot receiver. Yeah, there's, I don't know why they don't put Welker. Scotty Miller in that. Yeah, slot like Scotty Miller. They usually were running him on deep balls too, and it's like I don't think you're getting the most out of Scotty Miller. He's just sitting on your roster, and that guy showed. Big flat. He also showed some bad moments and drops that I recall too. But you know, I think if you get that guy in the short passing game involved, that at least mixes up what you're doing. And the Buccaneers are very much in the state, similar state as the Pittsburgh Steelers. As bad as we are, like holy shit, the Steelers are so fucking bad. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Imagine being their fans. We didn't really have great expectations this year. Buccaneers thinking they're going to the Super Bowl. They were one of the top four favorites of the league to win the Super Bowl. And now they are hoping to sniff the playoffs despite how bad the NFC South is. Uh, and they are very much still in the driver's seat. T- tough for the Bucks here. And I, I think it's a systemic issue. And I don't think it's it's all every it's too easy to just blame Brady. And they're not stopping the run either. So Bucks are a mess really in all facets of the game right now. And I don't think you fix that in four days after getting your ass blown out by the fucking Carolina stinking Panthers. For sure. Speaking of uh shitty teams with systemic problems, we 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 for somehow forgot to talk about this during my, my prolonged Steelers rant. But uh, T.J. Watt um, had his practice window activated or open, so they have 21 days essentially to add him to the active roster, uh, which is amazing, beautiful. Uh, it sounds freaking. I mean, it's like the only thing that could make me smile at this point. Uh, as dominant as he looked week one, maybe you know, maybe we can respectfully finish four and thirteen instead of two and fifteen with TJ back. So I, I highly doubt. I can't imagine them bringing him back this week. I don't know why they would. They have the bye next week, and um, uh, so I, I would expect him back after them, which would be a solid, you know, eight weeks at that point of recovery. So he, he definitely will be back to a hundred by then. Um, another, another one, Calvin Austin, the fourth round receiver that they were very excited about supposedly looked fantastic in, in training camp and all that he his his uh practice his 21 day practice window has expired so now he is on ir done for the season so must have had a had a setback this is one of the steals of the draft as they described it a person uh pittsburgh was very excited for and then we're not going to get to see him in action at all so that which I mean, you you stink, you know. Why rush a guy back that has high potential like that? So, uh, we'll see you next year, Calvin. It was fun, uh, fun, you know, having some hope for a bit. It's a fun preseason. What yeah. that one preseason game? Let's get into the segments. Draw of the week. Missed the draw. Missed my two draws. I was really feeling good about them with MLS playoffs, Texas matchup, and then uh, RB Lipzig beat. Beat Real Madrid three to two, and uh, so it didn't hit the draw there. But the underdog taking the dub. Uh, so if you took maybe the plus goals, you instead of the draws, you, you'd be in the money right there. 
Uh, Danny finally finally missed one. What's your record on these? Do you have it? I I, I think I've hit six. So I mean, this is week twelve. So six out of eleven now. Which I mean, it was still. Yeah, these pay, these pay almost three to one, probably average. So they're all I'm, about two fifty. I'm certainly up. I mean, you can pick some plus eight hundred draws, but you'd be stupid too. But uh, but yeah, I mean, so I'm certainly up some units. But I'm you know a tough, tough, tough uh, three two game last week. I thought I might have the have a chance at the draw, but uh, let me give you my draw of the week here. I have. I'm going with New York City FC versus the Philadelphia Union plus 260 draw MLS semifinals. I have an 8 to 1 preseason bet on New York City FC to win the win the cup. Not really loving it, but uh I'm not hedging here. I will take though in the final game I might put the entire my entire potential winnings on LAFC. Uh, I don't know. That hasn't happened yet. So, but give me the draw, uh, NYCFC and the Philadelphia Union. Yeah, I the one I'm going to go with. I like Fulham and Everton. You know, I really want Fulham to win, but I think it's a pretty evenly matched game. So I, I like I like the draw there. I do another one that I really wanted to pull the trigger on. Chelsea's playing at Brighton. Chelsea, uh, Pulisic got got another start. They won their their Champions League game, group stage game, and and clinched the the uh, round of sixteen spot. Chelsea has won every single game this year that Pulisic has started. In typical Chelsea fashion, they're probably gonna have him come off the bench against Brighton. So I like them to draw on the road, but Brighton's been pretty uh had a hot start. They've been they've been they've been down lately on a, on a, at least a five game uh winless streak. So. Chelsea probably still pulls that one out. So the one I'm locking in, Fulham and Everton, a little Premier League action, just just feels like a draw there. Uh, and also give me the 90-minute draw, Champions League, Porto and Atletico Madrid. Who's home? Porto? Yeah, I like that. That's a good pick. Good pick. That's enough about soccer. Let's get into the LGBTQIA plus player of the week. Uh, tough loss for the Bucks. But it's not due to Carl Nassib. I gotta, I gotta go back to Carl Nassib here, having a, having a good, solid season, kind of as a rotational edge player. I, you know, I gotta hang it up to my, my Penn State boy, LGBTQIA plus player of the week. And let's get into the, the most important segment of the, of the show: greasy gambling picks. Who's, uh, who's, who's winning right now? Oh, he's not freaking here. Big Jim, Big Jim hot as of late in first place, 13 and 8 on a 5 game lock of the week streak. He's he's 5 and 2 in his locks. So shout out to Big Jim. I'm falling behind down to down to 11 10. Rough rough week for me, but I like my picks this week. Me and Steve tied at 11 and 10. Big Jim out out in the in the lead, 13 and 8. All the boys are in the green though, so you know we're not giving you we're not giving you dog shit here. You know we're we're trying to win you some money. Why don't I get us started? Cause I have my I got a I got an early lock this week. Hopefully you guys are listening listening soon. Cause Thursday night, uh, Pac-12 late game, Utah minus seven at Washington State. I like Utah to win this big. Yeah, I just I just think that, so. I mean I'm 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 gonna hit my lock on Thursday. I'm gonna feel real good going into the weekend. That's all. I mean Utah is just gonna. They're just gonna run through a minus seven, hammer it in. That's that's my lock of the week. Um, then I'm going a couple more Saturday games. Tough one here, real tough one. Oklahoma State plus one and a half at Kansas State. Kansas State surprisingly somehow is a favorite, and you know I love Kansas State. Part of me wants them to win. I just think Oklahoma State probably does it. So I'm 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 putting the Cowboys plus one one and a half. Really like that. And then the Cox, the, the Cox have entered the conversation. South Carolina Gamecocks kind of getting getting a little hot. I like them to at home against Mizzou. I think they smack them. Spencer Rattler after a real slow start, starting to click in a little more. I think I think South Carolina's kind of getting ready to ready to make some noise. I really like South Carolina minus three and a half. I always always love to root for a good cock. Another game that I love, which so this one that I'm this next one that I'm gonna give you is for sure gonna hit because every extra pick that i've given out the past few weeks has hit and and the stuff that we're throwing on twitter all that stuff i'm putting out there that doesn't count for my official picks those are all hitting so i would hammer this one in i really like since he is plus one and a half at ucf ucf is a talented team 
since he obviously lost a lot of talent. But that, that's some disrespect to Luke Fickle and what what he's going on that got going on down there in Cincy. So I like Cincy to win that game. Yeah, uh, Gamecocks uh, live down here in uh, the state of South Carolina. There was a pretty I, I, Saturday night. I went out to an outdoor bar thing and uh to see some friends you know they had the gamecocks on the huge massive screen outside and then penn state was on smaller tv which i could barely see but whatever i still why and i was we're only there for the first half but anyway a lot of a lot of cock lovers out there they're pretty excited this this weekend uh and pre- seem pretty into it so yeah i think the cocks are gaining some traction in the SEC, not not a great team. They can beat. They can definitely compete and and beat the mediocre to shittier teams on their schedule. So Shane Beamer is a heck of a coach. I, I I think he'll get things rolling in in South Carolina. But uh, before you get into your picks, can Penn State cover? Let me get. Let me hear mm-hmm. your thoughts. Fifteen and a half was the latest that I saw. <laughs> well, just like uh, last week there. I followed your Iowa advice, even though I said on the pod how terrible I am picking Ohio State games, and especially when I tease the other team against Ohio State. And I was like, there's no way Ohio State can win by this many points. And then what do they do? They win by fucking 45 points. The Dude, the thing that pisses me off is like, like the de- Iowa's defense played fantastic for most of that game. <laughs> the, the Iowa... Like, they could not have played a worse game. And Spencer Peters, I don't know what the fuck happened. And I don't know how he tore Penn State up in the second half last year at Coach Jay Franklin. Yeah, I mean, because, dude, like, the six turnovers. Like, Iowa's defense kept bailing them out and getting off the field, getting off the field, you know, holding them to a field goal, whatever. And, you know, the six turnovers obviously didn't help. The the horrible – they threw a pick on the first play – threw a a terrible pick six right before half. You know, going in the half, it was what? It was – they were up – nine i think going into half and then he threw that yeah. pick six and i'm like oh yeah i'm i'm done i'm toast at, at that point i knew i was toast and then they just kept turning it over i was like oh yeah i was offenses i mean their defense is so good because they slowed uh, Ohio State's best offense in the country probably and i mean i will their defense played admirably for most of that game like the yeah. offense just i mean it was like it's like it's like pittsburgh steelers so, on steroid but college college version <laughs> So translate to this coming Saturday, noon kickoff. Usually this game is a primetime matchup. When it is at noon, Ohio State always fucking wins. Typically it is a one-score game, Penn State, Ohio State. Typically a one-score game, and then uh, every so often they blow us out of the water. And then there was the one year we blocked the extra point or the field goal, whatever, and we actually won. Uh, there's no way Penn State can win this game, not with Sean Clifford. We can run the ball very well. I don't think James Franklin is smart enough to do this, but we need to run the ball literally fucking 65 70% of the, of the snaps need to be run plays. If we can do that and manage the clock – then yes, Penn State will cover 15 and a half. I don't know why this is a 61 point total. I think they they have faith in Penn State scoring a lot of garbage time points probably. And Penn State does make big splash plays. But Ohio State's defense has definitely gotten better every week of the season. Probably going to out-scheme our offense. Our defense has, has gotten better as the season's gone on as well. But I don't see us being able to to match up with Ohio State the entire 60 minutes. Close first half for sure. Low scoring first half, you know, take the first half under. I don't know what Penn State is first half, but I would I would say that's a not a bad play. Let's move on to my picks. That, that that's I, I, I do want to just oh. one more one more thing. You act like this is but this was not a lopsided series pre James Franklin. <laughs> the series was 15 to 13 pre James Franklin and he is 1 and 7 and even it was actually 13 to 13 Bill O'Brien was also 0 0 and 2 in the series but that that was because of he just had a completely depleted team. So, you know, Penn State had won 3 of 3 of 7 and that includes the technically vacated win, you know, prior to sanctions 
Um, and then obviously with Franklin there, it's been it's been a very lopsided series. So I think if Penn State can hang around, not not give you know not get blown. Like if if Ohio State takes the crowd out of it early, like it's done. It's gonna be a route. But if Penn State can hang around, you know maybe some magic can happen in the old in the old Beaver Stadium. But I certainly don't have high hopes. If if Ohio State is up by fourteen at half, then take Ohio State second half to win by you know plus 24 plus love it yeah that's our take on that game i think that's a i think all those it's all pretty accurate takes you know bet bet accordingly let's let's move on to my picks i have three truly disgusting picks for you this week i wanted to get in the filth get in the mud i said my picks haven't been gross enough i've been taking a lot of overs and they've all been hitting I'm five and one on overs in these picks. I am not so great everywhere else. I'm not, I'm definitely not good with favorites. My only favorite of the three this week is the Atlanta Falcons at home. Atlanta Falcons minus four against the Carolina Panthers, who blew out the uh, Buccaneers. They're like, holy shit, PJ Fleck, awesome. We're we're awesome. Defense is awesome. Uh, Slow down, Carolina Panthers. This is a pretty tough Atlanta Falcons team who was 6-0 against the spread and finally dropped one to the Bengals on the road. I think they come back home and get back on track uh, and take care of the divisional game here against the Panthers, who... Especially Chuba Hubbard doesn't play. They're down to Dante Foreman and some guy off the practice squad. So it's going to force TJ PJ Fleck to have to throw the ball a little bit more. And I think this Atlanta defense is good enough to limit him, especially if they if they know he's got to pass the ball. So Atlanta Falcons minus four. Next, the Detroit Lions are a three and a half point home dog. Love me the home dogs against the Miami Dolphins. Now, the only thing that scares me about this is in the dome, on the turf, Tyreek Hill going to be very fast. Tyreek Hill fast, especially on turf and in a dome, no weather. That does scare me, but you know what? That's why I'm in the dirt. I'm in the mud. Lions, pretty good at home. A lot better at home than on the road. Don't have the stats for that, but... I know that's true. Hey, I'd give you the Lions plus three and a half against the Dolphins. I don't think the Dolphins are as great as they seem. And the Lions like to lose by a field goal often when they're when they're in it. You know, they lose by that last second field goal. Lions three and a half. And my luck of the week, staying in the dirt, staying in the mud. It's the West Virginia Mountaineers. Plus seven and a half as a home dog. Another team that's not great on the road. So now they're undervalued at home. Seven and a half point touchdown. Favorite against the undefeated TCU Horn Frogs. I remember going to West Virginia TCU game back when I was in college. West Virginia was favored. Supposed to be a supposed to be a possible undefeated run. I think they were undefeated up until that point, midway in the season, right about where we're at now. TCU kicks a field goal as time expires and and rips everyone's heart out. This is obviously a completely different matchup. A heavy favored and undefeated T- TCU team, reverse roles kind of. Coming back into Morgantown, maybe they get upset here and West Virginia storms the field. Maybe sprinkle the money line, but I I definitely like West Virginia to keep it close. And if that happens, that means the under will probably be hitting as well. So uh, it's like 60-something points. So if you're liking West Virginia, take the under with them. Or if you want to fade me, Take take the over. I think that's safer than the seven and a half TCU. Okay, let's get to Mr. Red Hot Jim, Ginger Jim. His picks are as hot as his hair. Oh wait, he doesn't have any hair, and he's not here to defend himself from anything I'm saying. Without further ado, Jimmy is taking Monday Night Football. His former favorite team, the Cleveland Browns, plus three and a half. In a must-win situation, divisional game against 
the Bengals, again, home dog. That seems to be the theme of the week here. Home dog, Cleveland Browns, Monday night football. Don't love it. Don't hate it. Keep it moving. He has the New York Giants plus three. Where are the Giants playing? At the Seattle Seahawks, I believe. You're correct. And that's a 430 game. Seahawks on a 430 game. Seem to they, they keep making the Giants dogs, though. I mean, keep rolling with it. It keeps hitting. It's very true. I think the Giants, though, have won all of these games by just one possession. They haven't shit-kicked anybody, really. Uh, and they've also not played very many good teams, as we see the Packers fucking stink. The Jaguars, they just beat. They stink. They made a ton of terrible fourth-quarter decisions. That pissed me off so much. That Jags, the Jags, that was, I blame the coaching on that one. Uh, they didn't kick the field goal to go up seven with like two, three minutes left in the game. And then they get lucky, get like two more tries in the last two minutes of the game to, to catch up to f- four points, so needing a touchdown. You know, that then they can't do it. That was a tough one. So New York Giants plus three. And then... I like this one, but kind of so does everybody else. Actually, no, let me let me rephrase. Jimmy's lock of the week, New York Jets, double New York games for Jimmy here. New York Jets is the lock of the week. They are plus two and a half against the New England Patriots. And they are at home as well. It's in New York, right? I think it's in I think it's at the Jets, yeah. Yeah, so Geez, I mean, that's no respect to the Jets making them a home dog. That uh, If you don't know, usually they automatically give three points to the home team for NFL games, the line makers. Really, minus three means it's a pick em game. They, they go towards the home team because they know more people are going to bet the home team. For them to say the... Patriots, uh, if it was reversed, then they are really saying the Patriots are five-and-a-half-point favorites if this game was in New England against the Jets. Well, New England, Matt Patricia, not the best play caller. Who would have thunk? Doesn't really, I think, know how to use Mac Jones to the best of his capabilities, whereas Zappi kind of has just come in, uh, been able to manage – that pl- that play calling a lot better uh, for whatever reason. Not they don't have a great identity. I mean they they run the football. The Patriots do, but uh, Jets red hot red hot Jets and the Jets haven't beat the Patriots in like six years or something like that. Something crazy. So they definitely definitely have had this one uh, circled on their calendar. The home game against the Patriots, nonetheless. So I do like that that pick. And I don't think that uh, – and I wanted to say when I looked, uh, most of the money, the majority of the money is still on the Patriots, which really makes no sense to me why that is. So that does seem like a very funky thing that I'm going to stay away from. I'm going to stay away from taking a lot of stuff this weekend because we're going to the beach for Halloween thing. And I don't know how I'm going to fucking watch Penn State, Ohio State. Maybe I won't want to watch it once it gets started, but uh, I'm going to have to figure that one out. Anything else? We've got some solid picks there. We've got a, we've got a special uh, guest picker this week. Let me uh, introduce uh, <laughs> Kanye West, guest, guest picker of the week. <laughs> you there, Kanye? Who you like this week? Kanye might be having some technical difficulties. I wonder who he's uh, blaming for the technical difficulties. <laughs> I was going to do I, – I have some some loaded in the clip, but I think I'm going to keep those comments to myself. This this, this episode is, is already too long to start start making Kanye We are at 60 minutes jokes. Uh, so yeah, we'll, before we'll, I uh, cut this down a little bit. All right, it's Halloween weekend, so enjoy it. Enjoy – have some candy. Have a Twix. If you haven't had any candy in a while, this is the time to – Go have have a few candy bars. Why not? I have disdain for uh, my wife for bringing two extra large bags of candy into the house like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and then opening that big large bag of candy and putting it out in bowls in the house. It's just us two. It's like, of course, I want to fucking eat these mini candies 
every time I walk by them, uh, I have no willpower when it comes to something like that. Yeah. So I, I haven't been losing any weight in the last two weeks, despite eating healthy meals consistently and, you know, exercising three, four times a week. I think the mini candies at 30, you can't have mini candies and still want to lose weight. Well, you can, cause you, you fucking eat whatever you want and you don't gain any weight. So Accurate. What I was trying to say was enjoy Halloween weekend and make sure you stay healthy, America.